Hello again, dear friends. Jeff here again. Uh, God bless you as you take to heart the message from God's Word that I'm about to bring. I'm calling this message, Why All These Problems? Because every one of us in this life know very well that life has its share of problems. When we're young, when we're middle-aged, when we're old, whether we're single or married, whether we have children or we don't, problems will follow. Problems sometimes seem to just pursue us through life. Why all these problems? Well, of course, the scripture answers those questions. And I'm going to read our text for this time from the book of James, uh, chapter 1 and verses 2 to 12. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away, even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. And may the dear Lord add his blessing to the reason, the reading of his word. We all face problems. And sometimes we're, we wonder, why on earth is it me? Why, why are these things happening? Or you might think, well, lots of people have problems. I seem to have some very severe ones. Well, as there usually is, I found three parts of this text I've just read. And the first part from verses 2 through to 8, most of it, I've entitled, Problems Have a Purpose. Why all these problems? The first answer is, problems have a purpose. There's always a reason. And James says, we should be joyful, uh, because trials come in all different kinds. Uh, money, relationship, physical, medical, mental, uh, you name it, uh, they come. Sometimes they, they come like waves of the sea, one after the other. One trial uh, might be difficult, but when there's three or four all at once, they can actually wipe us out, knock us flat. But James goes on to say, whenever we face a trial, we should count it as pure joy. And dear ones, you know, there's, there's several ways of facing trials. One is to endure it, suffering and complaining and struggling and battling all the way through. The second way of facing a trial is to endure it. Uh, the stiff upper lip kind of thing. Uh, the British 
the Londoners during the during the Blitz. You know, we'll no matter what they throw at us, we'll endure it. But the third way of facing a trial is to embrace it. And as as James says, I know this is for my good. There's a purpose in this, and I'm going to do all I can to 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 grow and to mature through this trial. I'm not going to let it get me down. And James goes on to say that the testing of our faith produces perseverance, a great quality to have. Perseverance simply means we stick at the task, no matter what it is, no matter what difficulties I'm facing, until the job is done. We stick at our life of following Jesus, and we never give up, never think of quitting. We stay as his servants right till our last dying breath. He goes on to say, James does, that if you wonder what this is all about, ask God. Uh, it could be that the good Lord will tell us why we're facing these trials. In fact, there's three reasons that most of us face trials, difficulties, problems, crises, worries, disasters. The first one is fairly obvious. It's because we brought it upon ourselves. We've sinned or we've made a very bad decision or, or wrong choices uh, and therefore we're facing this trial. In other words, somehow or other, we've caused it. That's, that's a fact. Some trials are the result of our own mismanagement. A second reason we face trials is because of the devil. He doesn't want us to succeed. He doesn't want us to grow. He doesn't want us to be uh, followers of Jesus. Uh, and that includes persecution. Um, many of us through life have faced persecution, sometimes subtle, sometimes overt sometimes blatant. Just because we're Christians, people seem to enjoy testing us, excluding us, mistreating us. But the third reason that we face trials is, as James points out here, they're from God. God has sent the trial. God has allowed the trial. Uh, that's the trial that Job faced when God allowed Satan to test his faith. He lost his Income, he lost all his herd, he lost his children, he lost his health. And God allowed that to happen. And we wonder that. So that's why James says, if any of you uh, wonder what the, what's going on, if you lack wisdom about this, ask God. And he'll tell you, but if we've got to ask by faith, we've got to ask not doubting. The worst thing to do is when you ask is to be double-minded, as James points out, because God is not going to give anyone an answer when they're not sincere, when they're not genuine, when they're not trusting him. So the first point I've got here is that problems have a purpose. I want to talk to you about a, a lovely old story I read many years ago about three stonecutters. Uh, someone was visiting the quarry uh, where the stonecutters were busy at work and he approached three of them who were doing exactly the same job. Hot sun, they were sweating, they had their tools, their hammer, their mallet, their chisel, and they each had a great big block of stone. He approached the first one. He said, uh, excuse me, sir, can you tell me what you're doing? And he said, I'm cutting stone, and left it at that. That's all he would say. He didn't look very happy. He was just whacking away at this stone chipping off the rough edges of it. Then the man approached the, sec the second stone cutter. He was chipping away, doing exactly the same work. 
And the man said to him, Sir, could you tell me what you're doing here? And the man said, I'm feeding my family. Hmm, interesting response. So then he saw another stone cutter, and he walked over to him and he said, uh, uh, excuse me, sir, what are you doing? And the man said, I'm building a great cathedral, which will stand for a thousand years. Three men doing exactly the same work, getting the same pay, enduring the same hardships. All that was different was their attitude. The first one grumbled. The second one was doing it for out of duty. But the third one had his head looking up to the heavens. He was building, he was doing a great work for God. Nothing can take away our attitude. It belongs to you and it belongs to me. And we need a very positive attitude whenever we face trials. I faced a trial yesterday when my computer packed it in. And I was a bit concerned about what to do, but I got some expert advice. I consulted my youngest son, who's an IT specialist. He knows all about these sorts of things. My computer's 10 years old. It's been a long while since I've had to buy one. And my dear wife gave me some advice. And with that in mind, I bought a new computer today. And they're putting it together even now. When we face trials, we need to get help and we need to seek the face of God, seek the face of believers who know what's needed, who will encourage us and be a blessing. And may God bless you as you face trials today or tomorrow. Now, there's a second reason in this passage from the book of James. Why all these problems? Because many of us will say, why is it always me? We may not say it out loud, but we may think it. Why is it that I always seem to face these problems? Why is it that some people seem to have a life full of problems, one problem after another, one crisis, one difficulty? Why is that? And James answered it, answers this question in a lovely way. He talks, first of all, about believers in a humble circumstance. He said they should take pride in their high position because they're believers. It's, it's a fact that they're going through trials, persecution, difficulties, hardships, but they should take pride because God has called them to belong to his kingdom. And one day they'll stand with God in, in glory. How wonderful. So James is saying trials come to those who are low in life. The people in humble circumstances, they face trials too. But then James says, but also the rich, they face trials. A lot of rich people worry about their money and their property and their assets. But it says here in verse 10 of James chapter 1, the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they know they're also going to die. Uh, this is pointed out many times in the book of Ecclesiastes. Death comes to everyone, the rich, the poor, the wise, the foolish, um, Everyone dies. Everything we do in this life will come to an end. And so James says, the rich should take pride that they are like everyone else and their riches won't save them. And if it, he goes on to quote some, from the Psalms and from Isaiah, the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. We're all going to pass away and the rich will fade away even while they, they go about their business. 
So James wants to encourage us, whether we're we're in humble circumstances or whether we're a rich person. There's nothing wrong with being a rich Christian. It's all it all depends on how how we look at our riches, whether we take um, much pleasure in the actual gift, or we focus more on the Lord, who is the giver. Jesus came across a very poor person one day. He could tell by a glance that she was poor. In fact, he could also tell that she was a widow. She was a poor widow. But she went into the temple, and Jesus was with his disciples standing there watching. And she dropped two little coins into the money uh, jar, a great big, uh, like a big jug that people put their money in. And he said, that dear woman put in all she had because she knew that God loved her. She knew that God was her master. God was her provider. And she could give away all she had, trusting that God would take care of her. Life had not done, had not dealt her her well. It's a cruel thing to be a widow. And speaking of rich people, many years I read a book about a a rich Christian. His name was Robert Latorno. And he was an inventor. He was an American. He invented all kinds of giant earth-moving equipment. He became a very wealthy man. He went bankrupt more than once in his life for for various uh, situations he could not control. And yet, as he continued and persevered under this trial and these disasters that befell him, his wealth increased again. And as life went on, he began to give more and more uh, to worthy pursuits. He was giving away 90% of his income Uh, towards the end of his life. He set up whole communities for poor people in Africa and I believe also in South America. He uh, started a a university, Latorno University. Uh, He even had a plant in Australia. I used to drive by it when I was going to school as a child. There it was, Latorno Westinghouse. And I thought, what an interesting name. I read about this man many, many years later to read what a benevolent Christian he was. And so, dear friends, James is saying to us that people of all persuasions in life suffer trials just like you and I do. But there's ways of dealing with the trials, as we have seen. So in reviewing this message, why all these problems? We know that all problems that we face have a purpose. We also know that problems come to all of us. And James ends this passage in verse 12. And I've called this verse, Problems Bring Rewards. They certainly do. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. The Lord is saying to us, the trials are here to test your faith, to prove your faith, to refine your faith, to increase it and make it mature and complete. And blessed are you who persevere and don't give up Don't get discouraged. Don't be depressed. Uh, Realize that God himself knows what's going on. Because James says that person will receive the crown of life. Now, dear ones, that crown of life that God promises to those who love him can take place in glory. As we read in Revelation, the great crowd of witnesses, many of whom were martyrs, 
because of their faith in Jesus, because they followed him. Or the crown of life can come in this life as we accomplish the work that God has given us to do. So may you be blessed as you're one of those people who so persevere under trial that you also gain the crown of life. I want to close with a wonderful story out of my, one of my favourite books. I read it every day, Streams in the Desert by Mrs. Charles E. Cowman. This is the story from February the 9th in this devotional book. Listen to an old and beautiful story of how one Christian dreamed that she saw three others at prayer. As they knelt, the master drew near to them. As he approached the first of the three, he bent over her in tenderness and grace, with smiles full of radiant love, and spoke to her in accents of purest, sweetest music. Leaving her, he came to the next, but only placed his hand upon her bowed head and gave her one look of loving approval. The third woman he passed almost abruptly without stopping for a word or glance. Now the woman in her dream said to herself, how greatly he must love that first one. To the second he gave his approval, but none of the special demonstrations of love he gave the first. And the third must have grieved him deeply, for he he gave her no word at all, not even a passing look. I wonder what she has done and why he made so much difference between them. As she tried to account for the action of the Lord, he himself stood by her and said, O woman, how wrongly have you interpreted me? You see, the first kneeling woman needs all the weight of my tenderness and care to keep her feet in my narrow way. She needs my love, thought and help every moment of the day. Without it, she would fail and fall. The second has stronger faith and a deeper love, and I can trust her to trust me, however things may go and whatever people do. The third, who I seem not to notice and even to neglect, has faith and love of the finest quality. And her I am training by quick and drastic processes for the highest and holiest service. She knows me so intimately and trusts me so utterly that she is independent of words or looks or any outward intimation of my approval. She is not dismayed nor discouraged by any circumstance through which I arrange that she shall pass. She trusts me when sense and reason and every finer instinct of the natural heart would rebel because she knows that I am working in her for eternity and that what I do, though she knows not the explanation now, she will understand hereafter. My dear friends, Perhaps you're one of those people who, like that first woman, need encouragement greatly through the trials of life. Or like the second one who every now and then need a word of comfort or grace from the Master. Or perhaps you're like that third woman who trusts God so perfectly that through the trials she knows she can depend on Him to do the work in her that the trials are sent to achieve. Beloved, why all these problems? Problems have a purpose, problems come to all, and problems bring reward. 
May the Lord bless you through your trials and through your difficulties and through your problems. And may you see through them all the wonderful grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to give his life, to pay for our sins and give us salvation, that we might be reconciled with a loving Father in heaven. The trials of life will come, but they only meant to help us grow closer to him. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you till we meet again. Goodbye for now.